Um, all right, so now we're going. Now we're going back. Now we're going back to Wig Out on the Wig Out tour. Right. How how was it like? Uh, people showing up to those shows were they big cities? Yes, small towns. No. And were they were people bummed on the sound of the new? No, because uh, at that point it was it wasn't such a far step. Yeah. Right. It wasn't such a far step. It wasn't yeah. as big of a leap. So people could, people could kind of like, oh, that makes sense. Yeah. Now. Um, also keep in, you know, I, I speak with people on, on the West coast that have ne- that never saw Dave or Sean. Mm. So the only dad singer they ever know is Peter Cortner. So it. to them it's normal. Totally. You know? Um, and then also it's at a time too, where people are kind of more open to ideas. Totally. And the way you learn about music is you go to the show yeah, and then you go, I didn't like the band or I like the band. Totally. So, so, so people were really like kind of intrigued at, at the idea. And mm-hmm. then the band was really good and could deliver a show. And so I think there were a lot more thumbs ups than thumbs downs. Yeah. 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 You know? But you're playing, um, yes, you'd in a big city, there were people you go into the small markets, very, very challenging, lonely, sleepy Tuesdays. Yeah. You know what I mean? Really weird. Did you guys tour on that record for a while? Mm-hmm. Yeah, we did many cycles on that one. At the time, we were, we had the Hermosa Beach House camp, and yep. then we had like the DC Dag House camp, and so we kind of jumped between both spaces and wow. just zigzagged. And we would do the East Coast for a bit, the West Coast for a bit, and then do like a lap in the middle. Yeah, you know that was like usually the summers, and that's how that went. And it was busy. It's very very busy. Yeah, very busy. And was that? A, was that a bigger band that you were in after Descendants or was the same kind of level of back then? Um, I'm going to go with, it's about the same level. Nah, yeah. Maybe the same level. Yeah. Maybe the same level. Like, like maybe the same. I don't know. They're, they're, that's so weird because sometimes you go into a market like, you, let's say like Dag would do better in Boston than Descendants did in mm. Boston, but maybe that's because Dag was more of an East Coast band. Gotcha. Okay. Yet Descendants did okay in Boston, but at the time you're not talking about like, you know, we'd play the Rat and the Rat's yeah. what four or five hundred people. Yeah. Is that what that space is? And and Descendants would do okay. It wouldn't be bad. Yeah. Uh, where. Dag would, you know, would do it and it would be like kind of full. And yeah. then there are places where descendants would crush mm-hmm. and Dag would be, it would be, you know, not happening. Yeah. So I think regionally there's, a, there's so many factors that tie into that. Yeah. It's, it's not an easy, that's not an easy uh, thing. You know, you're comp- now, now it's so different because you could do a show and you're competing with, five other shows that night. Yeah. You know, so super different, but yeah, it's true. I think they were maybe about the same. Yeah. I think they were maybe about the same, but there are some markets where one would have been more weighted and did more yeah. people than others. About the same. Did you, did you, did your folks come out and your family come out and see all the bands you were in? Um, my pops would come out. My pops would come out. We, my dad lived in Memphis. Okay. And so when descendants, uh, would go through there. Yes. Dag would go through there. Yes. Um, uh, my mom, not so much until later. Okay. Uh, until later. Um, and then, you know, yeah, like that. Yeah. So yeah, sometimes, but you know, I would, again, it's pretty weird. Sometimes you have to wonder like, is it, is it safe to bring people out yeah. to shows? 
That's you know, true. Remember, in opposite land, <laughs> in opposite land, you can't really control the environment. That's true. You know what I mean? It's a very, very different context. Um, Good point. I, shows at that time were not necessarily safe. Yeah, that's what Ernie told me a couple weeks ago from Token Entry. He didn't want to bring his parent out to that. You know what I mean? So, yeah. so good point. Shows were not safe. Like, example, and I, I don't say it in a throwing anybody under the bus. Like, I've seen people at shows get shot out of their shoes. I've seen people get stabbed. I've seen huge plate glasses broken over people. So, wow. you know what I mean? It's like, Shows were not safe at all. Like that—that'd be the last place you wanted to like Good bring point. your mom. Yeah, kidding? I can't protect her in this freaking chaos. <laughs> Head for the back. You know what I mean? Yeah, that's, it's that's to- really totally, true. It's opposite land. I don't think about it. I don't think about it now. Like, oh, my mom came and see me right. in the '90s. It's way different than the '80s. Totally different. It was op. Man, come on. <laughs> and and now you're gonna go. You're gonna go to like, uh, okay. We'll just we'll just talk about context of Southern California. Okay, Southern California, punk shows were fucking gnarly. And they were nonstop fights. Was gangs, all and kinds it was of shit. Nuts. Really uncool, nuts. Scary. And it was scary. And at the same time, the LA police department would train the riot squad on the punk shows. Mm. So a gazillion shows that I went to. You'd come out and be like the riot squad would be just cracking heads, Holy and everybody shit. got their ass kicked out of coming out of uh, um, Olympic Auditorium or stuff like that. I heard stories you know, about I mean, that. Just insane. Yeah. So, you know, that's a again. I, I, I'm, I came from opposite land. Yeah. You know, I've been in the venue when the cops shot the tear gas at the dead Kennedys holy shit. and you're like, holy shit. And you're running for your life. Yeah. 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 I mean, that was the, that's my punk world. You know, that, my punk world is like, okay, here, here's a dumb story of, uh, Fletcher. And you know that you, you've seen the flyer of the bad brains and bad religion with the skull thing playing Ukrainian culture center on Melrose. Yeah. Great. So legendary. Okay. Great. Legendary show. So here's the story with that one we're talking about the violence in the, Mm -hmm. in the world. Um, for whatever reason, the venue sold more tickets than there was capacity. Interesting. So you have many people outside that had paid for tickets that ain't getting in and they're fucking pissed as I would be. So back in those days, the term rush the door or rush the bouncer meant exactly what it was where a mob of people would try to go in the venue and break the door down and beat up all the bouncers and level the place. Okay. So very different. Fletcher and I had gone up to the show and we, I, we, it's sold out. They're not letting people in. It's already like helicopters and, chaos fucking chaos and i had attempted two times to get through the door with the rush the door thing yeah unsuccessfully so now i bail back to the van fletcher goes back and he's now fletcher for being a big guy was always really good at sneaking in like a vent (laughs) <laughs> and he could sneak in a vent or through the kitchen or yeah, some yeah. weird. Like he just figure out a way, yeah. how, a way to sneak in the shows. Yeah, like th- crazy. So he's on the, <laughs> he's on the roof of the Ukrainian Culture Center, Holy trying to figure shit. out how to get in. 
And I'm hanging out with Hank in the van. Okay. And the cops are- Is this Hank Hank? Is this Hank- uh, not Hank as in Henry Rollins. <laughs> it's Hank Jacobson, who's the drummer for Khan and Same drummer way. Hermosa Beach folklore punker guy, okay. still doing well playing in punk. Okay. Um, and so we're hanging out and Riot Squad and the cops are beating everybody up. And there's a bang on the door and the door swings open and it's El Duce from the Mentors. Holy shit. And so El Duce's like, dude, is it okay if I hang out in here? This fucking little crazy out there. And we're like, holy shit, it's El Duce. Come on in. And so holy he shit. comes in and we kind of talked shop forever until the show ended. And wow. then, and so I, that show, I spent sitting in a van talking to El Duce because. I was hiding from the police. Fucking amazing, man. <laughs> you know, That's like that. crazy. True story. So anyway, going back to the show. No, I didn't bring my wow. mom to the punk shows. Uh, no, because it was not very safe. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. you wouldn't do that. You know, that's it's like a survival thing. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's more of like a survival yeah. thing. I don't think about, I think about when my mom comes see me in the, in the 90s is way right. different. And and now I'm going to segue back over to like, you're, before you were talking about token entry and, yeah. and talk about like punker bands. Yeah. And, and so the first few times that I played CBGBs, even with Dagnasty playing CBGBs, I was actually intrigued when guys that were more like the Harleys of the world and more like rawr, known for like inner city thuggery yeah. were would like come out to see like a Beach Boys chainsaw pop band or a emo core trying <laughs> emo to core, yeah. uh, uh, guitar jangly thing you know yeah, the mean? new york dudes love that man isn't that a trip and i was always <laughs> like wow that's so weird but that's really cool and it, i was going to bring this up too and now i have to bring it up is what kevin seconds told me that on the new wind tour everywhere was getting like a lukewarm reception until they got to the east coast and people loved the new one record and huh? cbgb's and he was kind of nervous and knew yeah. what to expect because he loved the east coast and that's where it got the best response interesting the, the melody stuff yeah, no, well, that's it's pretty a, interesting. Um, Maybe because a, they're sick of the same old, I don't know. Well, now I'm going to go, I'm going to go with, ah, oh, this is a, I'm going to do a double story here. Do it, so, I, lo I love it. I talk to you forever. So, um, Descendants, The Farm in San Francisco, Seven Seconds, and Doggy Style. Sick. On the same bill. Great. Okay, so I knew of Seven Seconds because I read it on Flipside Magazine. And I'm like, holy shit. That's the guys with the makeup or yeah. they do like the baseball thing under the eyes. That's so cool. So cool. Now, at that time, Kevin <coughs> was on point at being able to totally work a room. And it was the first time that I had heard big sing-alongs like that. And he's very, very good at it. Amazing, and it was man. like, holy shit, that guy's got it down. Now... The opposite to that <laughs> is Brad X okay, and Brad X and his weird doggy style thing. And Brad X walks up onto a all ages show with a six pack of beer and he doesn't drink. And he says, stage dive contest. And now he's going to do a stage dive contest and the winner wins a six pack. Wow. And so any straight edge, that's crazy. Yeah. And it was just, I mean, people flying off the, off the rafters. Just crazy the and the barn was like i don't know if you've I've ever, been in the barn the yeah barn was like a big it's like a big shot big room yeah a big friggin' room but anyway that's that wow one of the one of my very that was the first time that i'd seen seven seconds 
and Kevin really like really rock a crowd and you go, oh shit, that guy's fucking love them. He's the man. He's like the man. Yeah. Great sing-alongs. People so happy. You know, so posy, man. And so, so great. You know, so great. And then we did later, you know, down the, down the timeline. Like I remember doing a show with, uh, Dagnasty in seven seconds in, I want to say Tampa. Yeah. Same thing. Just like phenomenal. Great. Yeah. Just band was phenomenal. You know, just a very commanding front guy that really knew how to get the chalk, the, the soccer chant going. Mm-hmm. Really cool. Yeah, and like his songs, like not just boys fun, and a lot of the songs he was yeah. singing about trust. Yeah, it's, it's pretty bitching. Yeah, dude, nobody was, cool. nobody was singing about stuff like that back then either. Yeah, it was, it was pretty cool. Yeah, he had he he certainly had locked into a more positive flip on things. Yeah, you know, a pretty positive flip, and I think people locked, you know, people identified with it. It was cool. It was super fun to see. Yeah, super fun to see. Great band. Um, I want to talk about Enjoy Record because that was like the first record I think where they introduced the farting on the records and stuff, and like mm-hmm. a different level of. Chaos. Chaos, yeah. I was talking to Milo about that too. That record's like one of the, not, not experimental, but very different for a lot of the right. well, discography of that band. Um, I think that... But I love that record, man. It's a great, it's a great record. It's a great record, and then and it's a very different record in that yeah. like, the way I approach the bass Production is very, too. very different. Than, Enjoy was actually recorded twice. First time we, we recorded it, and it was we recorded it and didn't really like the way it had tracked got you and so we went and toured the songs live and then came back and recorded it again oh so there are songs that like doug rides a skateboard and songs like that that come out on weird like bootleggy things that was the first session that's interesting (laughs) that's where that was but i think that um remember before at the beginning of the conversation where I was talking about being able to embrace things that were more angular. Yeah. Um, whether it's the birthday party or gang of four or, and I think that that was maybe a, maybe a little of that in that space. Okay. Also keep in mind that there were a lot of bands at that point that were trying to figure out like, are they like, are we going to be metal? You know, so there's that crossover thing where some of them did. Okay, here's an example. Gangrene. Yeah. You go, fuck, I fucking love the early stuff. And then there was a point where you go, wow, the second batch is like, that's pretty metal. You know what yeah. I mean? That'd be a, that'd be a pretty metal, you know, metal. Was that another sl- wasted night? Slapshot might be an example where mm-hmm. it's like you see it kind of go from one thing over to more like a rock, people embracing with full horns. Yeah. You know, and so that, I think that that record was, I think the Maybe enjoy- SSD or DOS did that too. SSD, sure. That's right. Sure. And then New York band's trying to get more metal vibes. Right. And that's, and that's, a, it's, we're, yeah, so- Back to the Descendants record. So that record, I think, was a very experimental record in that there was pop songs, things that were like, you know, if you listen to, let's say, Sour Grapes, Sour Grapes, for example, really pulls from Rebel Yell. Super straight ahead, kick and snare. Super straight ahead, kick and snare. Which is very different from Bill's ability to play. Like, he can play incredibly complex kick drum patterns yeah and yet he's opting to now play something super super straight mm. so that comes from like rebel yell and wow and I that, about that it's clocking that wow. so i think you know also 
there's no career in punk rock. Yep. So it doesn't matter whether you do a record about, you know, the migration paddle patterns of the dung beetle. It doesn't, nobody cares. <laughs> you're just true. doing your own records. It's yeah, like, you're trying different things. Yeah. You try experimental. Things. And I think that was a, an incredibly experimental record. Yeah. You know, super experimental record. And some of it c continued to track, some, you know, like a line that they continued. Some of it, they didn't want to circle back on. Some of it is, you know, is it like smart to do those things? You know, like even like, the all was really, record was really like interesting to the playing on that very so. very yeah well you get it's interesting Guitars because it's yeah. interesting because you when you start to get more proficient on your instrument and you can play more complex complicated things is that the right approach that's the big question mm -hmm. or to and stick so, with the or to stick with something and blueprint. trying to figure out how to do what you do but to keep people engaged and not make the so, same record over and over again. Right, there's that. Um, sometimes you see guitar players, uh, you know, maybe let's say like a guitar prodigy person that's just, I don't know, noodling, noodling, noodling. Yeah. And for you, you're like, what is it? What is it? It's like, it's like a eight hours of guitar solos yet. Mm -hmm. There's this niche of people that are like that. That's he's their guy, whether it's Adrian blue or Robert Fripp yeah. or Ingve Malmsteen or whatever, you know, that's something that, when when you're when you're working out a batch of songs you're just doing you just here here's why where we are right now in this time this is what is coming out of my head and this is what we're jamming we put it out and here we go and, and, and you, i love that though that's it that's There's, like pure songwriting not worried is, about there, the industry you know that there was uh, no industry anyway just putting yeah. it out dude the yeah descendants you know remember opposite land descendants aren't well there's no like look at you know look at like who look at milo like does milo look like a rock guy <laughs> no. does he look like fucking you know some like rock dude yeah no so you're in opposite land yeah you know he's, he's a scientist he's a, you know writing you know everybody great songwriters great lyricists but he's coming at it in a totally different angle so if you're trying to like we're gonna build a big record and we're going to be on MTV. <laughs> it's like, well, you ain't going to do it with that fucking band. Cause those guys are crazy. They're like, yeah. they're, not, you know, they're, they're not interested in like a uniform I or dressing that. a certain I way know, or whatever. Man. It's just like, hear the songs. And that, and that Milo's like, we were nerds. You say, whereas I was a nerd just yeah. straight up. And, and, and I'm the first to say, it's like, that's true. And there were times where before practice, we'd have to pick him up and he'd be working at the plasma center. Like, Damn. like he's like that guy. So that's legit. real. That's not yeah. fake. It's real. Yeah. But somewhere in his brain, there's also this guy that's, uh, can sing heart, you know, heartbreaking love songs or pissed off at something or whatever. And it's like, that comes through. He said to me too, like you, he wasn't so sure he was like a shy guy, but when he, what the yes. song came on stage became a different, different yes. side of him expressed yes. himself. So when I like, we're, we'll go back over to Milo. So I, so Milo's my knowing Milo was more like he was a runner in high school. Okay, he's a runner. That's right. Yeah, he's a runner. And so I would see him and be like at the traffic light at Pacific Coast Highway in Artesia, and he'd be jogging in place waiting for the light to change. It's crazy. Run, and you just go, oh, there's the runner guy. And it wasn't until wow. it wasn't until 
later that it clocked to see him sing. And then when you saw him sing, you're like, oh my God, that's like a, a nerdy scientist guy that really fucking leans in on songs mm. and can sing. And it didn't, it, it's not like, you know, he has a certain genuine timbre to how he attacks a vocal. Yeah. And there's, it, again, I, I, I delicately use the word pure. It's just like, it's super sincere. 100%. That's just super sincere. You can feel it. Yeah. yeah just super sincere. This sucks. And ah, you know, and that's yeah. what it was. Just being that's totally honest. And, and so that, that was, a, so going back to that record, super experimental record, funny, crazy. Can, you can't say, you know, in retrospect, like, should you have written another batch of songs? Do you do that? I don't even know. I'm looking through the windshield going forward. I'm not looking in the rear view. Yeah, yeah, I can't yeah. even undo that. Yeah. That's like, that's you, you, that's like, here's where we are. This is the batch of songs. It's very black flag in a way where it's mm. like, here's the batch of songs. But boom, they go out there. Some people are going to get it. Some people are going to be, we hidden. love it. It's all matters. That's it. So and we put some farts on there because he always was a person that had flatulence. Yeah, that's a, that's a, a whole nother. It's a whole nother. I think that's a whole nother wor- world of just like, no, that's not, a, that's, those are, that, it's like doing something like that might be a career killer. Yeah. Right. And at the same time, <laughs> the, it was super on board that there is no career in punk yeah. rock. Yeah. Nobody cares. It's a weird, niche, strange thing. Yeah, you just do it because you think it's funny. I wonder how many records would it sound like that if if it if it never changed and never was going to be a career for punk rock and punk rock was always going to be something that people couldn't do as a career. I wonder how that would have changed the sounds of some of the amazing records that came out after that if there wasn't like a goal to be, I mean, to do it as a career and do it for your future and just put them out because you made them pure out of pure sincerity and passion for the for the music and just put it out there with no goals whatsoever i want to thought records would have a different sound to them if punk never broke i guess i don't know I don't maybe know. i mean it, it also opens the question of where people are right now with technology and being able to record their own music and how it's filtering out there yeah you know on on that on, on that timeline um yeah things that might be super popular in a space or youtube or some kind of space where you're like really i, I don't get it um that's, yeah, that's interest. That's interesting. I I think that in the punk world, there weren't you know there weren't it wasn't this ma- it wasn't this there was no corporate structure <clears throat> to it. No, so it's opposite land. It's yeah, the opposite of what it what it, where you how you see things. There's no Live Nation and shit like that. No, it's totally different. I know. If anything, it was just Golden Voice, and and that was the very early beginnings of that. And and. Those are punk I'm kids. Gonna, I'm gonna go with. I'm gonna. I'm gonna say something. Without throwing anybody under the bus, and just say Golden Voice, and then I'm gonna look at you and say, you know what Gary did, right? And then for those of you, and I don't say it, Gary Tovar. I love you. You're a rock star. Thank you for doing all those shows. Gary uh, did other things at those shows too. Oh, I didn't know that. And everybody's got to do their research and you go, gnarly. It's fucking gnarly. Oh, I knew nothing. You know, okay. Hustling. I'm looking, oh, I'm looking into it. Yeah. Go hustling. But cause there's no, it's weird and wacky and strange and crazy. You know, mm. it's like, um, 
again, what you're worried about the eight people in Gainesville. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Who cares? Yeah. Just, just do what you think is cool. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's get to field day. Okay. Wait, wait, wait. All he just shows. Yes. Was that before? No, it's right, right in that spot. Yeah. That's an incredible seven inch man. Insane. That's an incredible seven inch. Insane. So, okay. So we'll, we'll and that, and that sounds so, I guess it's more in the wig out tempo than it is field day for sure on that more vibe. Right. <clears throat> so, um, I'll, 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 you want me to tell you how we got Yeah. That kind of came out of nowhere for me when okay. that first came. I was like, okay, Holy so shit. Here, so here's where we go. So, Wig out's going, blah, 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 the band's touring, blah, everything's going great. All of a sudden, Colin doesn't really want to, oh, I'm going to backstep a little bit. Please. Remember, remember before where I was talking about like, like how there's different islands and tribes of yes. the punk rock world? Yep. The DC people hated me. They hated me because the DC people sometimes don't like to do things that are like, um, they do things more like Revolution Summer, where it's doing yeah. shows for your friends, yep. not to make money. Yep. So they clocked me as a guy that was almost like a uh, carpetbagger or something. Okay. Something very, very different. So I was hated in the DC culture because I was like, he's the guy that's trying to steer Brian away from the da 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 da. So it's a ah. very different, okay, different world. Okay. Different world. Taking our it's guy opposite, away. Opposite land. Yeah. Opposite. Well, not only that, I wasn't a DC guy. Yep. So DC and I, I love the DC, the music that came out of DC, but yep. DC, it, it's known that it's coolness is what ended up killing it. Gotcha. Meaning that they started to get, you know, the first 20 people that were into punk rock in DC. And then they only wanted to keep playing for those 20 people. Mm-hmm. But the kids in the suburbs, they were bummed. So like they were bummed that those people were coming. Okay. They didn't want to have anything to do with that. And that's so I'm from a whole different coast. Yes. Holy shit. I'm not part of their first 20 people to, well, I don't know, go see the Ramones or whatever. Yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. I, I didn't, you know, it wasn't me. Yeah. So we're, so wig out is, is doing well, you know, it's on discord. It was great. Yeah. Ian did it. Don did it. They have their, their own unique way of recording, which is cool. Um, Colin is going to tap out. Okay. So he's tapping out. He doesn't Col- want to do drums anymore. Okay. okay. So Colin Sears is tapping out. And so Dag finds themselves with no drummer. And so mm. we're starting to figure out, well, one, wh- how are we going to do this? And then two, what's the best way to approach it? And so we're doing, we're kind of auditioning drummers, I guess yeah, for yeah. lack of a better word, we're auditioning drummers. I'll, I'll go through this story kind of quick. So oh, we're auditioning right. drummers and we're not finding somebody that can kind of keep up with where Brian and I want to go. Yep. It's not happening. So one day Peter calls me and he's like, Doug, I've got the guy. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, I got the drummer guy. Great. So he sends me, I'm going, Whoa, has he been in a band? Not in a punk band. I'm like, Oh, okay. He's like, trust me. He's the guy. Okay. So, Peter sends me up to this house, gives me an address, sends me up to this house in Tacoma Park, which is this woody kind of area, right? And I go up in these, it's this big, almost like gothic-y kind of house. I go whack that that on the on the front door. Nobody answers. Ten minutes go by. In my mind, I'm thinking Peter has kind of done like a prank. Like okay. Me, and he's just sending me to some random house to bust oh my, my balls. Gosh. I'm like, 
fucking Peter. God damn. So, <laughs> fucking Peter. So, 20 minutes goes by. Brian and I are looking at each other. Well, do we stay? Do we bounce? Who is this guy we're supposed to meet? About a half hour in, this beat up BMW pulls up and this guy steps out, red hair, no shirt, just walking his dog. Hey, I'm Scott totally oblivious that he had made somebody else wait half an hour. <laughs> so I'm like, what an asshole. Like you, you made us wait for half an hour. You, you're an asshole. And he's like, has a totally different, like, Hey buddy, what's going on? Mm. Monica? Totally different vibe. Very tranquil. Okay. Go great. I go, Hey Scott, I'm Doug, whatever. So I'm kind of like uh, this as the steam isn't coming out of my ears anymore. Okay, yeah. You know, Peter didn't set me up, right? So, okay, cool. He's like, yeah. I go, well, where do you play drums? He's like, I got drums set up at the house. Cool. Brian and I load in gear. And so it's the first time we're going to play with this guy. Boom. So, okay, Scott, have you ever been in a punk band? No. Do you know anything about punk rock? No. Well, hold on a second. How's that going to work? And so he, I was like, well, what do you do? And he's like, well, I play in a funk band and I travel. I go, yeah, well, tell me what you do. Scott, at the time, was so proficient at his instrument that he could play drums with one hand while drinking a Mai Tai. And so he played in, he would be like down in the Virgin Islands playing in a dance band and he'd sleep on the beach and hang out in the ocean. And and then at night he worked. That was the guy. So I'm like, wow, kind of trippy. Okay, cool. So here's what I say to him. Great. Okay, cool. Well, this gig is a punk gig. I don't know where you're coming from. So I say to him, I start asking him if he can play this. Can you play this beat? I tap out a beat on my chest. He can play it. Can you play this beat? I tap out a beat. And all he would do is tilt his head sideways as if his ear was getting closer to the hi-hat. And he could play anything. Damn. Anything. So I would say to him, like, oh, can you play this? Yeah. And he'd look at me and say, well, which one's the kick? And you go, that one. Which one's the snare? That one. And he'd, great. And he'd lean right into it. And wow. he could play so well. And then he'd look at you and he'd laugh. He'd go, ha, that's kind of fun. Okay. So, so I say to him, holy <laughs> shit. I'm like, dude, you're gnarly. And then here's the other thing. Scott, what else do you play? He's like, oh, I can play jazz, go-go, funk, anything. And you go, oh my God, hold on a second. And you can play like funk. Like he can play go, go. <laughs> and so he's very influenced by that thing scott is more aligned with james brown than he is aligned with the bad brains yeah he's a funk guy he is a funk r&b go-go swinging red-haired white kid from tacoma who can play play so i say to him well dude we're getting ready to move to los angeles do you want to come to los angeles with me and he's like when are you leaving 10 days he's like yep so Holy he, shit. on that conversation, he decides he's going to move in with me. And he's like, oh, okay, what? cool. We move the whole band to the West Coast. And now we're back at base camp Hermosa Beach. Fuck. Just like that. And Peter too. Yeah. Wow. Everybody was back there on, at the beach, okay. at the beach house. That was the hub. And so Fuck. Scott, so we're writing songs, writing songs, writing songs. And we're going to kind of go at the first batch, which would be where all ages show your mind, that batch of songs for that seven inch. Okay. We were going to do the next recording on giant records. We decided that we're going to record this thing. We recorded up in Hollywood, but the recording for my ear 
is a little bit too polished. Mm. It's almost a little too metal the way it came out, but, um, and this will segue into field day. So we do it. Scott can crush and play anything that you could think of. He can play. Okay. Anything that you can play for him, like here, I mean, he's influenced by a whole different batch of people, which totally. me- meant that our writing could go a little yeah, bit further. Yeah, yeah. So needless to say, he does the seven inch and that's how that seven inch kind of comes out. And then the next batch of songs was the Field Day records. Sick. Now, the good thing was we had learned from our previous experience that recording in a really expensive studio was expensive and kind of a time waster. Totally. But I had tied it into, do you remember the band Love and Rockets? Yeah. So I remember reading an interview with Daniel Ash and he was talking about doing a Love and Rockets record where they actually opted to go into a smaller studio where they would have more time. Yep. And I was like, oh, simple math. Okay, great. So we booked this studio called Pendragon in Redondo Beach. Okay. And we, it was a rehearsal studio and a recording studio. And we we did pre-production for about 30 something days. Every day, band rehearsals yeah. every day. Grinding through it, grinding through it, grinding through it. And we record field day. Field day is done. It's even further out than it was like, can I say? And then the next stretch is wig out. Yes. And then there's like eight stretches yeah. and field day comes out. And it's like, people hate it. What was the influences for that? Everything. Okay. Everything. So literally everything. Pop music, R&B, funk. Like there's no career. You're in opposite land. Why not make the record you want to make? Yeah. There's no, there's, (laughs) what are you talking about? Like you're in opposite land. Yeah. There's like, what do you, what, come on, man. I could do... Look at, look, you take an artist, let's say like Lou Reed or something where he's like, he'd make a record that's just straight noise. Yeah. And you go, oh, well, that's interesting. He's on a major label. Now you take it all the way down to some punker band that's on an indie label. It's like, you're going to do whatever you want. And we just were like, okay, cool. These are a batch of songs. Let's see how far we can explore different corners of the, for lack of a better word, pop market or, or thing when the record came out people like gitter and gitter's the first person to say would be like what what is this this is this is fucking horrible you're this is like a bad rem record he hated it he was mad is mad and so we're like oh shit i don't know like you know where you maybe like i don't know maybe where you like uh maybe you're you're cooking and then you're you're you like put too much paprika and something yeah and you're like was it too much <laughs> did yeah. i go too far was that too much but you guys loved it we fucking loved it yeah loved it we we're super proud of it and yeah. then we went out and toured it people were not feeling it at all but they would come to the show come to the show arms crossed oh great not one of the play faster play oh, faster shit. so we knew it was great but we knew we had we had really flipped the boat upside down. We yeah. had flipped the boat upside down. And so it would have been more prudent to like, okay, everybody stop back to Los Angeles, take six months off and we're going to write another batch of songs. That would have been the smart educated version, <laughs> but in opposite land, it's like by the time we got back, Brian, who could be kind of sometimes like I'm over it. 
fuck it. He was already auditioning for another band. He was Junkyard. just like, fuck it. Peter was already back on the East Coast. Fuck it. Scott was already like, I think at that time was already like auditioning for the cult. Damn. Like he went, he went up. <laughs> yeah, I'm going, oh, I'm going to Arena Rock. And How just, many tours you doing, Field Day? There, one. Wow. One tour. And, and so it is a very unique, incredibly ambitious body of work that some people totally get and love. Sometimes it's the entry point for some people to yeah, yeah, feel gay and then they work or to Dagnassi and then they work their way backwards. Yeah. Um, and, and there's sometimes it's so funny cause some people really get it and some people really hate that record, but there are bands like, um, I know bad religion did a record like that where it was the one with the space, on the cover and, uh-huh. and they don't really play it. And it was just yeah. like a weird, Brett wonky, talked about it, you know, a weird, a stranger wonky record. Fiction? I'm I don't not sure. No, it wasn't that it was, I don't know. Back more unknown something. Or yeah, yeah. 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 He mentioned on the podcast, but he mentioned like this, he said under his breath. Yeah. On the podcast. And so, and, and so that's just one, you know, so that's kind of, that was a very, I got one like a, that. Too. It was a very unique, it's okay. You're yeah. experimenting. I mean, what is it? You can't make the record, same record over and over again. It's, it, it gets boring. You have to experiment shit. You have to try. I think in order, I think you have to try things, you know, you have to try things. And then, and then, so that kind of brings us to the present day of what, what am I actually working on right now? Yes. But there's other ones before the Cottonmouth King. Shit. Okay. Do you, want me, do you want me to, I do. I'm going to pump over. We're going to do, we're going we're gonna, to we're do part one, two, and th- I, I could talk to you for hours, but real quick. Um, where did the name Field Day come from? That's a Peter one. Okay. So I don't know where he got that. And what about what about Denko's? Where is that? That's where they would go and party. Okay. And that's somewhere in Tacoma Park. Tacoma Park is Denko's. Okay. Yeah. It's a, it's the name of the area or something. A house. A house. Okay. Like a house, like a house. Okay. Yeah. And and those got Peter sometimes <laughs> writes very like real characters and it's like there really is a how yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, I mean, there really is a mark yeah you know, it's like there really is a mrs tuma mm. there really is a leo like, i love that know, and sometimes it's like you know but then he never shared any of that it wasn't until now that it's like oh okay here, yeah. Just so you know, like this is what it is. Yeah. So I'm gonna answer your Cottonmouth Kings thing. So, well, well after so what happens? You have to feel day. The band all disperses. Okay, they're so everybody, bummed. Everybody bails. It's 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 <clears throat> it's a it's a it's a wrap. It's a wrap. It's okay. a wrap. Boom. Not gonna be anymore. Um, Brian goes off. He's doing his thing. Was that he, junkyard next? He's going off to do junkyard. Okay. Peter's not really doing anything. Um, Scott goes on to do his thing. Are everybody, is everybody bummed? I don't know about bummed. I don't know about bummed isn't the okay. right word. I think everybody's just, there's no career in opposite land. I know, but you can still be bummed that people didn't respond no, to it. No. Something you really loved. No, we never, that, that never even was a conversation. Okay. No way. Just, okay. we liked the record and we thought it was yeah. kind of cool. Um, bummer that people didn't get it. Yeah. Whatever. Gotcha. So, Brian is kind of like doing the junker thing and he's back in Los Angeles. He's doing his thing. At one point, he's kind of like, working at a rehearsal studio and working at a pool hall. It's kind of, that's his thing. Peter is off the grid. Doesn't want to have anything to do with music done. Scott continues playing for me. I kind of pump the brakes a little bit. I continue to do kind of studying more on how to record, like how to make better demos. So I kind of go down that rabbit hole. And then a couple years go by and I'm doing a couple different experimental things. And then I start, um, this punk rock band 
So remember before today where I was talking about like, okay, so I'm back in Los Angeles. It's yep. in the early nineties yep. and I'm not, I don't really have a job. So I'm working, um, playing, you know, am I going to play? Am I not going to play? And I started connecting with Brad doggy style, doggy Brad, style. and he's now involved in the club business. Yeah. And so he's putting on kind of like funk clubs and raves and shit yep. like that. So Keep talking, I'm getting some water. Right. So, so as, as, um, as he's doing the, the raves and stuff like that, everybody's looking for work. So that's how I really start connecting with like Rich instead. Tony from No Doubt we're also works at the clubs. Gwen works at the clubs. Wow. Boom, boom, boom. Well, so we're doing the club thing and everything's going fine. Whatever. Thank you for the water. Everything's going fine. And um, Brad says to me one day, dude, he's like, do you want to do a punk band? And I'm like, Dude, I don't know. I'm like, I don't know. And, and he's like, well, come on, let's do a punk band. And so Brad and I, long story short, we end up doing this project called Humble Gods. Yes. Okay. So Humble Gods is two brothers. So it's Brad and his brother Spike from my number four, Rick and his brother Lou, Lou from Doggy Style, okay, Sick. and myself. I'm the only guy. It's five guys, two brothers, me. Um, I do the band. Uh, indie thing. We play, play, play. We do a record on Hollywood Records. That's wow. where, that's where I meet the ICP guys. Oh through Hollywood shit! Records. So hold, let me take this random. Yeah. So, so ICP. here's what's going on. So, Humble Gods is the first band to actually tour with ICP and not get quartered off the stage. Wow. So we like Humble Gods is a great punk band. Fucking lightning fast, super fun, spastic. Brad's a great friend. What guy. year is that? Um, 90, 90, maybe 95. Okay. 95. Okay. <laughs> 95. Um, <laughs> anyway, so it's, it's going great. Um, while we're doing these punk shows, we see this man called insane clown posse, which were also on Hollywood records At, because Brad had the experience in R and B and really way more knowledgeable about rap and hip hop than I ever was. Yep. He saw what was going on with the ICP and the track acts and being able to this big show. Yeah. And there were these two basketball punker skater kids that used to come to humble God shows, uh, D Loke and Saint. There were these three kids. There were three of them. And they are all tied into the basketball world, but kind of would come out to the punk shows. Got you. Brad knew at the end of that ICP tour, he's like, I'm going to start a rap band with those three kids. So he starts this project, which is kind of like a Beastie Boys meets Cheech and Chong meets skate punk. Okay. That is what Cottonmouth Kings was. And it got bigger and better and bigger Holy and better. Shit. And I was really kind of like a peripheral guy to it because they really needed every once in a while somebody to play guitar. Gotcha. So I ended up playing on a lot of recordings and of those. writing songs. And they were big too, man. They're, yeah. Pretty big. Sure. You played live with them too? Sometimes. Maybe two or three tours. Wow. But they didn't really need a guitar player. Yeah. It's a whole different trip. But anyway, that's that whole... That was how that came about was through the Insane Clown Posse. I've never knew Doggy Style Singer. First of all, Australia. Second of all, was in Cottonmouth Kings. Right. It's fucking crazy. And then, well, he's definitely like, I think by that time he was <clears throat> more like a weed guy. Than yeah, he was yeah. It, makes, it makes sense. The name right. of the band. He's more like a weed guy. Cottonmouth, yeah. But, but it, it <laughs> tied, all of it tied together from the punk band being on Hollywood Records and then touring with ICP. And, Holy and that's, shit. that's that thing. So 
Um, yeah. There's that. And then what happened after Cottonmouth Kings? Like, what are you doing after that? Okay, so I'm done with Cottonmouth Kings. Again, now I go really knee-deep into writing songs for film and television. Awesome. So I'm really focused on that in that space. That's amazing. And audio editing and all of that stuff, which I'm really quite capable of. Like, I'm yeah. certified in Pro Tools. And mm-hmm. I fell backwards into that because I always wanted to make better demos. Okay. That's how I started doing it. Yeah. And so um, I'm quite capable of running a studio if need be. Yeah. That's just one of those things. And so there's a pretty good minute where I was only like I was in the bunker writing tracks and tracks would be on, you know, Comedy Central and shit. Like Holy that. shit. Yeah. That's awesome, so man. That's a whole nother. That's a whole different world to get into, too. Like it is what it is. You just. Yeah. It is, it, so, yes, there's a there is a one of the cars on the train is a guy named Doug that wrote songs that would be like on a Lewis black show or some freaking thing like that. You go, yeah, I did that too. That's really cool though. Yeah. Yeah. Just to hear your shit on somewhere else. is not just, yeah, it's a, on a record yeah. or, or you see it in like a movie or something like that. You go, Oh yeah, that's kind of cool. It so, is what it is. So how long did you do that for a minute? Easily 10 years. Holy shit. Easily. So that was your main thing you were doing. Yeah. yeah. Bread and butter was coming from like writing, writing cues and tracks. And did you miss touring? Um, I really love, I really love entertaining people, yeah. but at the same time, there wasn't anything that I would consider a viable vehicle for me to kind of be involved in. Okay. Um, and then as, as that kind of, as the writing kind of came to a close here, I'm going to go with another chapter. I love so it. Cottonmouth Kings, as they were getting signed to Capitol Records, one of the deals that Brad had struck with them is he was going to do this boutique label called Suburban Noise. Oh, yeah, I Suburban heard of that. Noise. Holy shit. I ran because I all know it that. was was an office and a phone. Holy shit. And so I didn't know Brad that. was like, I'm going to be on the road. Can you try to figure this out? And so I was the wow. guy that kind of did the street marketing and the grooming of the bands that were supposed to go into the capital system, but never went into the capital system. So there's another hat that I wear, which is very well versed in the independent record world. You've you've done every part of the music industry and I'll continue doing it. I am a punk rock impresario. I know how to book a show, produce a show. I can be on the bandstand. I could produce the music. I can do all. I, I know how to do the flyers. I can do all that Fuck, shit. Fuck. So and ho- it's only through like being the guy that's like, you know, I'm cheap. So I had to figure out how to do it. <laughs> you know, it's just like, oh. But it's all self-taught shit. It's learning. Totally. totally. Pay, paying attention from day one. Totally. Everything you've been involved yeah. in. Yeah, 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 yeah. And that's, so <laughs> that, th- that's that. Like, how did I learn how to, bunk, how to book punk shows? Kind of like watching Bill do it. You go, oh, fuck. You go, okay. And then from there, I started applying that to Dag Nasty and then just kept, you know, I'm. But you guys had agents. Did you have booking? No, dude. It's opposite land. Wait a second. So Dag Nasty never had a booking agent. The only time we ever had somebody help us book shows was once. Other than that, I booked all the shows. Holy shit. And Descendants? They have an agent now, but back then. No. I'm going to go with Jordan booked a chunk of it and Bill. Okay. I'm going to go with Bill. Like Bill was the guy. He was the point guy. But for most of your career, the stuff you did was stuff that you were really like, like your your bands, you booked everything. It wasn't like, yeah. I, the, like literally a wow, punk rock man. impresario, meaning I will can do the whole production. I, I fucking love to, like, that, man. From idea to the stage. I can do every part of it. I, I, you design stuff, design merchandise? Yeah, 
I could. Yeah. I could. You know, I sometimes, <laughs> sometimes I feel like on that particular thing, um, I sometimes like to have a second opinion because I feel like I'm in a vacuum. Yeah, for sure. You know I mean, it's so, hard. But I, when you're sure, in it, I'm quite capable in Photoshop and all those other things. Yes. So, yes, so, so yes, Suburban yes, yes. Noise, you, you ran that for how many years? Uh, probably about two and a half, uh-huh. three years. And then after that? After that, I was kind of back in the post-production writing tracks world. Yeah. Um, writing songs for people and stuff? Yeah, doing that. It's cool. In fact, just the other day, um, sadly, Kim Shattuck from the Muffs that. had passed Rest away. And it was like through a mutual publisher. She wanted to do uh, What a Wonderful World, kind of more ramones kind of style. And like, of course, I produced it and played guitar on it and played bass on it. And Holy like, shit. Like, That's me. You know, there you go. Wow. So... I did that, like, you know, house and people would come by and you record and you jam with people or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, in Cottonmouth King's Land, I probably co-wrote for Suburban Noise 50, 60 songs. Holy shit. Some, like a lot. Yeah. Um, and you just keep going. So always looking Fuck. through the front windshield, you know what I mean? Yeah. Looking through the front, front windshield. And so. And then um, you became, a, when did you become a dad? A dad. So in 2004. And that, oh, okay. So becoming a dad. So here you go. So when I became a dad, everything changed for me. Yeah. It, and like, so the, the Doug that like would be able to drink a beer or something like that, I no longer felt like I was the guy that would be setting a good example. And so I literally have been sober 14 years it's fucking amazing, because man. of kids. That's... And I was like, whole, I, did, I grew up with no dad mom with shitty boyfriends and stuff like Me that too. overexposed into the like just i don't want to have raise a kid in that world yeah no your and dad so, your dad split whenever we mentioned your dad split early yeah okay yeah. you know yeah they divorced but okay. he was always around but unfortunately because i was so far removed it was more like a relationship like with an uncle yeah. Like, oh, yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? I, I didn't so when you become a dad, you want to, it's me too. My dad died when I was three and my mom raised three boys on her own. Right. She had boyfriends that, right. that were never good enough for my mom. Yeah. And then you become a dad and you want to be fucking, well, it's you, insane, it, It's man. a game. It's a huge game changer. And when you're trying to just, you know, when you're trying to lead by example, just yes. on that, yes. you go, all right, I'm going <clears> to lead <throat> by example. And then you really have to do inventory of who, who you are as a human being and how, you know, how are you, you're going to be the biggest influence on this kid. And are you going to be a good influence? Or are you going to be a toxic influence? And I opted to go for like, I wanted to be the best I could be. And one of it was, I, I can't, I can't drink in front of the kids. Or I, mm. You can't do that. And so my kids, what's I love that. fascinating is like my kids, they've never seen me drink. In fact, they would laugh at me like, what are you talking about? Dad doesn't drink. Mm. Where, you know, my wife and I have been together for a while. Like when we first started dating, you know, we'd go out to the clubs and of we'd course. go hang out. Of course. Like but once kids came around, no way, Jose. I totally, feel like, I feel like that's our totally, job to be a role yeah, model. Whole, totally different. So wow, that's how I stumbled backwards into being the guy that just like, I, I just, I do the things that work and the things that don't work, I ditch. I love yeah, that. I just, it's, it's cold not, turkey. Just totally stop doing that. And I'm, and, I, and that's, you know, that's a, I'm a, I'm, uh, one of my biggest strengths and biggest weaknesses is that, um, I'm a super strong cup of coffee. Okay. I'm really, really intense. And sometimes people can really 
migrate to that or sometimes it turns people i love your energy you know but sometimes people are like that guy's too he's he's too insane you're high on life man i'm super and yeah for me it's great yeah i kind of do my thing yeah um and so but i can but i respect that i can be sometimes a bit just too intense for people. It's just too, but, but, but it's, it's moved, coming, but it's coming from a good place. Not sure. coming. It's passion. It's, it's yeah. like, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm, I'm like that, it, when we were talking about like, you know, producing shows and, and stuff yeah. like that and, and what I'm currently working on, it's like, I can out, I don't mean to, but I can outrun people when it comes to like, I'm the guy that's like, I I love entertaining people mm-hmm. and part of entertaining people is I have to jump on the phone and talk to people and set up shows yeah. and meet other bands. And it's like, that's part of the gig, yeah. which is a whole nother job to the guy that's up there on stage. Yes. It's a whole nother thing of like yeah. the background of how that works. And the, that part of it is I, freakishly love too because it's a way that i can connect with other people yeah i was gonna say that it's also like it's also like solving a puzzle yeah you know what i mean where you go oh shit we're gonna be in dallas and you go where do you want to play what are the good venues who are the people you want to reach out to and because i've been doing it for more than two weeks i'm quite proficient at it and i kind of know how to drill into it and so you know i am the guy on the bandstand and then i'm also quite proficient on the the back end of the business. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That part. You know it all. I mean, you've been through Indeed. all of it. You know what I mean? You've been Indeed. through like majors, independent labels, oh all that gosh. stuff. Gosh, yeah. Yeah, I've done, I've done, I think maybe like three major label deals and probably a, several, a dozen indie deals and they're Damn. all great and challenging and have pluses and minuses to doing it. Now, we're really in opposite land. It's like now the canvas has changed so much. Yeah. I don't even know whether that is a smart play or not. You know, mm-hmm. For some bands, you know, that's a good idea. And then for other bands, I don't even know if that is a good, if that's a recommendation. It's yeah. Like, you know, just all you're trying to do is maybe just trying to um, uh, make the people that show up happy. Exactly. Yeah, for, yeah, for sure. <laughs> that's kind of it. Like, yeah, it's like fruit closest to the ground. Just, yeah. You know, oh, XYZ showed up. You just go, okay, cool. You know, with, um, with that, like, segueing now into field day so yeah so here we go so, i was gonna ask you one more thing about being a parent yeah do, do you feel like you and you use a lot of the stuff you learn like the punk ethics into your you're, you're already a punk rock dad we know that but like instill that into your children like the stuff you learned through music and traveling and and being a punk rock kid and doing a lot of things yourself and teaching yourself things and it, all the time and yeah. what's all the time because what I've fallen into a space of um, a, a, approaching things in a very not one size fits all. Yeah. And when you can tell and you can kind of um, being a dad, that's a whole is a whole another can of worms. It really but it's is, like man. You are the what you're trying to do is um, help your kids lean ladders against buildings. And then all you got to do is just be a champion for them to climb those rungs. And you, you can like every once in a while you go, dude, that might not be the best building to climb. How about <laughs> doing this one? And they're like, okay, dad. And then you lean the ladder and they put in the effort and you go badass. You made it to the top. So true. And, and that's, and you know, I didn't have that at all like there was no my mom didn't tell me like you should go to college or my dad was nowhere around to say that it was like 
I picked up a guitar. I was like, oh shit. I'm looking through the front windshield and this guitar is like going forward. Mm. And that was it. Now I have a conversation with my son. My kids are, um, both of them are really smart. Very, very different. My daughter, super creative, more like a, um, almost like a Lady Gaga kind of a character. Like that. Teeny bopper sing, you know, she's more very social in the, um, in that like, uh, uh, Wizard of Oz in the Wizard of Oz. <laughs> My son on the other side is more like um, uh, Albert Einstein and Jim Carrey. Okay. And so he's too is incredible. But the challenge is always trying to make sure that he does the things in his, with his um, acumen that he does good things. Yes. So as a dad, that's the trick is it's like you have the ability to do, both of them have the ability to do anything really. Yes. And it's like, please do good things. Mm-hmm. And if I can instill that half, happy, healthy, safe, kind, courteous, yeah. honest, respectful, you know, if I can instill those things at, at the teeny bopper age, you know, by the time they get to the, you know, he's 14, she's 11. They tend to get to a certain age. They kind of know yeah. the, the the deal. And then there's, what's also funny is that neither of my, I don't know if you want to talk about kids that much, but neither yeah, of my kids yeah. really, my daughter sings, but neither of the kids are really interested in music and have no context to punk rock or what I do. And, wow. they don't, and so it's really weird. Like I asked Luca the other day, Luca, where are the Ramones from? New York or London? He's like, I, I don't know. He's like, I don't know. What are you talking about? Why are you asking me that? He's like annoyed. Like, why are you asking me this? You know, so. I love uh, that. It's pretty funny. And then every once in a while, you know, every once in a while, somebody will be, something will happen. I'll be out and somebody will say, hey, can I take a picture? Yeah. And you go, sure. And you take a picture and then they'll say, dad, do you know that guy? And go, nope. Why'd they want to take a picture? You go, I, they're just, they like the music. <laughs> you go, oh. so I love that, you know, man. And, and I just, I shrug it over. Oh, okay, cool. It is what it is. But being a dad is being a dad keeps you really focused. It really does. Man, it makes you really focused. You have a lot of stuff to do. And sometimes you, in a way, you have two. So you know, in a way for me, it was kind of a, a spot of like, kind of just doing inventory and realizing how was I going to be the, the best dad I could be with flaws and all of course you know, not perfect you know, yes. you go, oh, and and there are times you drop the ball and you make bad decisions and parenting is awesome scary insane rewarding fantastic scary awesome <laughs> insane it's like oh my god <clears throat> i agree it's a journey it's it a, is journey. a journey and, every and, day and it man. goes by in a in a blur it does dude and you um you know it, again my kids are so funny because it's like my kids are funny because they like, they trip out that I like talk to people. You know, they're like, Dad, you know, I'll be at the grocery store and, you know, I'll just start randomly talking to people. You're a social guy. You talk too. to people. Yeah. My kids are like, dude, for our New Year's resolution, we don't want you to talk to people because <laughs> <laughs> I embarrass them when I go talk out. Talk to strangers and yeah, shit. Don't yeah, don't talk to strangers. You told us not to talk to strangers. Yeah. Now you're talking to them. And so it, it is what, you know, it is what it is where it's like. I'm, you know, I try to be the best dad that I can be. And sometimes, sometimes it's like, they don't want me to talk to strangers. (laughs) They don't want me to talk to other people. You know, kids are different. They totally are. Max is, you embarrass me. Text the parents, you know, it's just a whole different thing. It is. Have they they seen field day play? Um, no, no. Invite them to the, invite them to the Cali show. It'd be awesome. Maybe the bigger one would do. I don't know. They don't, again, 
It's, dude, think of think of something that's like something that you do that. Well, Matt, for your son, it's different because he's interested in music and yeah. stuff like that. Where my kids, that's like that's just like, what is that? Like, what is that? It's just annoying. Dad yeah. just making noise. <laughs> what is he? What is that? What exactly does he do? I mean, mm-hmm. Why does he leave at night and then he comes back in the middle of the night? It's like they have no, not only no context to it, they kind of know, but they really have no idea. Dude, that's so like they're, they're, I'll play them things. None. So they're, they haven't seen you play a show and people going off. Seen, yeah, they've yeah, seen, yeah, yeah, yeah. They've seen that stuff, um, but they don't. It's like they're again. It's not about me. It's about them. And what they're more interested in is like, you know, oh, Just Cause came out or some video game came mm. out or a TikTok thing or whatever. TikTok, yeah. You know, and so the the dad part of me too always has to tr- do, you, you know, do your best to protect them and try to l- lead by example. Yes. And, and, you know, there are times where you're making a decision that isn't necessarily... Uh, one that you want to have above board and you kind of have to steer the ship in the right direction Mm -hmm. and hope that they connect. Sometimes you have to make decisions where you, you're even questioning yourself where it's like, you're wondering like, is that safe for the kids? You know, is Mm -hmm. that safe? And that's a whole, it's a whole nother, we're in a whole different dimension for that. Right. Yeah. Especially now. But, um, that's all you can do is, you know, I, I know, I know on my end, um, I just try to instill in them, just try to do good things, be good to people, try to kind. do good things, you know, you know, for like I, either one of them could do something pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. And I remind them, I'm like, if you can solve how to build water systems for other cultures and, and you want to go install water systems in Africa, badass, like that's the greatest thing ever. Yeah. Not to be, you know, trying to instill not to be consumers. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, trying to be people that give back and, you know, add to something. Yeah. You know, what I mean, um, I love that. But they're really they're they're very different. They're very different from each other, and they're different kids. Um, and it's cool. You know, being being a dad's really cool, and it's also very like it keeps you hyper focused. It really on the does, thing, man. On the, the stuff you got to get done keeps you younger too. I think for some reason. Yeah. To keep up with them and all that stuff. Yeah, and you try. You know, you try. I, I like I said, my kids are my kids are funny because I I tend to be more just like I'm so squirrely and unique mm-hmm. that they're just like eye roll. Oh my god, dad! You know, <laughs> I'm like I'm the guy that like goes and you know I go to the soccer games and it's like all the parents, you know, the parents just like I'll talk to the parents and and they're like, you know, I'll be telling some strange, strange story and they're, and they're like, dad, let's go, dad, let's go. You know, we're, you go, all right. All right. I love that, man. Yeah. It's funny. You're outgoing. You're outgoing. So it's like, I, I am. And I'm also, I'm also in a spot where it's like, I can only be myself. Of course. You know what I mean? That's all you can do. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I'm not like the other dads. Neither am I, man. I feel uh, like it's totally weird when I'm there, man. And I ask them, I'm like, you know, guys, you know, I'm like, I am not a dentist or a lawyer, Me. so I am very, very unique. And sometimes that's really, they get it. Yeah. Or shall I say, sometimes it's the bane of their existence, yet all their friends want to come and hang out Think with you're me. you cool, 100%. You, ah, your dad's the best. And you go, but my, my kids are just think I'm crazy. <laughs> <laughs> they think I'm, you know, they just think I'm crazy. Yeah. 
uh, but it is what it is. So let's get, so um, I know you're going to go, but this has been amazing. But I want to about Field Day, how they came about. Okay, in a nutshell. In a nutshell. Woo, the big broad strokes. Whatever, whatever. Okay, so um, Field Day basically is an extension of Dagnasty. And Peter and I have rebooted this where Peter sang on uh, Wig Out and sang on Field Day. And a, we had a conversation about a year back. And the question was whether or not any of the Wig Out stuff should be, could be performed live. And what, he, what made you think about it? Did you miss it or something? No, it was just one of those things where in a weird circumstance, Brian and I had jumped on the phone and we hadn't connected in a little while and we started talking a little bit and I was like, that's kind of, you know, I was like, I don't know, would that work? Would it not work? And he's like, well, you know, maybe blah, 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 blah. Was it his idea originally to bring something back? Okay. I I, I don't even know. I don't even know how the, I don't even know how the idea came about. Yeah. Probably more like, you know, people because it's social media and stuff like that, people are, oh, I, I get, I think this is how it happened. People ask, I probably get two or three texts or emails a week. Dude, why don't you play those songs? Dude, what? Mm-hmm. Dude, where's Peter Cortner hiding? Dude. And so finally I was like, all right, whatever. And being the punk rock impresario, it perked my curiosity. So after a conversation with Brian and a conversation with Peter, we just... Brian got busy because of his bad religion cycle. And yes. Peter and I kind of just opted where we were going to start this project called Field Day. And it's basically we go deep into the Dagnasty catalog. Yes. As kind of where we are right now. Yes. And then literally like we're writing songs as we're going to move forward. Too. Yeah. So it's like that's kind of where it is. Um, we've been doing um, – uh, we're – the, the motto in field day is be humble and don't suck. Yeah. So we really appreciate that people come out and want to hang out and are, are um, kind of honored that people want to come out and, and hear the songs. Yeah. And then at the same time, we realize how much the songs mean to other people. Yes. So we don't phone it in. So there's two parts. The part about be humble. We're incredibly humble and grateful. And the part about don't suck. The band is dragon slayers. They're amazing. It's just, it's so good. It's insane. It It is insane. And I was in the first band. So it's like, I know, (laughs) I know, I know. Yeah. And that's part of it is a little bit of, um, okay. If you're going to open that door, you better deliver the goods because yeah. there's going to be there's going to be people that are eh, they're not sure or haters. You know, you're you're skeptical, skeptical, and you have to really um, over deliver. And so that's kind of what field day is. And as and as we've been rolling it out, we play about one. We kind of play one weekend a month. So we're doing you know we fl- we do a lot of a lot like we're on in the east coast yeah we're getting ready to, next shows are going to be up in like chicago chicago st louis and then we're going to be doing some texas dates That's and awesome. then we're going to be doing some um northern california dates and if you're trying to track it down it would be field day sounds if you just google that or you go field day sounds in facebook which is probably the easiest place yeah. and you'll see all the dates and so we're really doing lots of shows and we're going to probably do um, most of the, what you'd call major markets through for the next nine months and then start hitting some of the 
secondary markets, and then we're going to go handle some territories where Dagnasty never went. For example, South awesome. America. We're talking about Japan. Um, we're it, we're right on the fence of of um, doing. Uh, rebellion fest and so Sick. we're kind of just like rolling it's yeah. just rolling it's i'm super happy where it's going it's moving very fast i'm yeah. humbled that people want to come out and hear the songs yeah and um it is a it is a juggernaut it is the band is just raging it's it insane. really is i know it's to ex- insane i know what to expect and i went to see guys at the viper room and i had and it was just from the first song to the last song, it was just so tight. It sounded so good. The energy was so strong. The crowd was great. And just hearing those songs, um, they sounded perfect. Even at some points, I closed my eyes and listened to it. It took me back to a certain time in my life. And it just, yeah, it was wonderful, man. It, it was a, a wonderful we- experience, it, it man. Is a we- it is a w- You should be really proud, man. I, I, am, I am proud of it. And then there's yeah. also, like, I'm also just as excited about like new material that we're yeah. working on. And it's like, you know, we're, we're going to keep, we're going to keep going. And, and if people want to come out and see it, cool. You know, we, we love it and yeah. we're going to keep going. And, and if you're, you know, a fan of that, can I say wig out? There are some people, it's funny because some people really want to hear the field day. Some, mm-hmm. some people want to do, just give me the, the, can I say stuff? So we're learning to like, you know, Every room might be different, but I thought the set was perfect. We yeah. guys mixed in there. We just we just barrel into it, and what's again, it's um, it the you know it's, it, we don't phone it in. The band's really it's really really good. great, it's really man. really good. It's intense and it's fun. And we're doing a show together. I'm excited about. Yes, in fact, we're going to be doing November 23rd. Yep. H two O Ignite Field Day <laughs> at the uh, the Garden Amphitheater yep. in um, Garden Grove. And I just added my son's been on there too as an opener. Oh, the first band of the night. Really yeah, Rend. Yeah, they're I love gonna play. It. I love it. Yeah. So be fun and crazy. That show is, is interesting fun. because it's gonna be like a relatively small room, yes. lower stage, no barricade. So I just went there. It's crazy just small. Just like stage dives and sing along. I love it. So yeah. get ready. If you want to come and sing along and you want to sing safe or whatever, like <laughs> yeah. there you go. You get your opportunity. It's you gonna know. be. Real. I'm excited about that and like. I just been spreading the word as soon as I got it. Like me and a bunch of friends got uh, matching uh, wig out tattoos, and like I'm excited to have you guys. It's a perfect time for you guys to be back, I think, and um, I think everybody should see it. And I think it's and also this this there's also a Dag Nasty touring and there's a Field Day touring, right? So people know that it's two different right. versions. And out. so and so we Peter and I use the the name Field Day, so it's super clear yes. who's showing up, and so. That's where we are. So people yes. know it's, it's not confusing to the promoters. It's not confusing to the fans. You go, oh, field day. That's Doug and Peter. Yes. Great. And it's very, very clear. Um, and it's cool. You know, they're, yeah. they're, it, it is exactly what it is. And, and I think that that... Um, it's so fun, man. It's really made fun. It, it, it's made it kind of cool where it's really... Peter really hasn't been on the field day subject, like Peter really has not been doing a ton of music. So it's super fun for him, which is kind of since cool. then. Yeah. Since yeah. Yeah. Then. And then also what's incredible is that Peter and I get to hang. Yeah. And that's, what's cool too. So when we do like when, when he, he lives uh, on the East coast and we're based in Los Angeles and he comes out, it's like, he'll stay with me at the house. Like he and I bunk like same it's hotel great, rooms. Man. It's like we hang. And that's kind of cool too. Where you have a relationship with somebody, a pause, and then like you're kind of like 
another like another chapter of a relationship. Yeah. You know, a friendship, which yeah. is really kind of which is really cool too. And having him him like being like coming out of wherever he was in his life and come put back on stage and playing these songs, it must be a trip for him for sure. It's a it's a it's very bizarre because remember <laughs> where he left off was in opposite land. That's right. So That's right. He only knows like remember <laughs> before we were talking about the show in Philly. Yes. Right. Yeah. You guys were in Philly and it's like, I don't, you know, the things that maybe Toby's eyes have seen where it's like, you know, maybe you've seen 7,000 people, 10,000 people, <laughs> 20,000 people play it. And you go, wow, shit, that's what that looks like. Mm-hmm. He's never seen that. Yeah. So, uh, so it was part, great to have part of it stage. is also not to, to, um, maybe not to shock him, mm-hmm. you know, not to, sh- it's like, you know, he's, he's a different guy. He's not, he is, he's, man. he's, a, he's, he's can be you know, a little bit more reserved. And so the, the friend in me really is protective of him too. Yeah. Just like go slow. That's the, that's the thing. Slow, when I, when I saw slow. you guys, these guys put me on blast and say, come on stage. I didn't even know what song it was. I was, I was a fan up front the whole set. I was there. I didn't want, I came to be a fan and then I got asked to be on stage. And then I, once I realized what it was, I did it and I was excited. So I was going to do the exact same thing to Peter. But I, as soon as I saw him, I didn't have the heart to like, put him on the spot like that. Right. So I, I brought him backstage. He, he saw the band. And I said, I got to tell you something. And he was with his wife and, and his mother-in-law. I was like, fuck, I can't put this guy on blast. So then I told him and he was so psyched. Right. Then we just did it. Cause I didn't want to put him on the spot. Like right. I couldn't do that to him, but he came on stage and it's fucking, it was a great crowd. And he just, it was a wonderful moment. I never, my whole band still like talking about, it. I never thought in a million years we'd be doing a dag nasty cover with him on stage with us. In 2019, I never, I never would have thought that too. That's even, that's even weirder because every time I checked in with him, the last Peter and I never had one conversation in decades where we talked about Dag Nasty and doing it. Never, like he was clearly not talking about doing music. Like he's just into other stuff. Yeah. Studying and reading and learning and, you know, being married and stuff like that. Social work. Yeah. 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 No interest in doing that. Yeah. That's why, you know, it was even a bit surreal. The first few times where I had spoken with him, Yeah, you know, you really want to do this. And, and, and he's like gung ho and we just do it. We make it work. You know, we make it, it's, it's a bi-coastal band and we make it work and yeah, we, we, my drum lives in Jersey. The whole band lives here. Yeah. Yeah. We just make it work. You just make it work. It's a, it's a whole nother, it's, we're not in opposite land. We're in not. the new version. Yeah. And so that's it. And, and we're doing as many shows as we can. So lots of shows. Yeah. I definitely would do some more show. Try and make it happen. Get some more shows. You guys too. Cause I think it's going to be a perfect, combo like my whole band's so excited to even play with you guys it's gonna be really i know that's a whole young and new audience yeah when we're done with this we'll have a conversation about um uh more shows well there's that and like i know you guys just did the east coast we're there's again we just did the east coast but there's a whole there's other stuff always you know i want to connect you with my south america person too in japan and one of my one of my good friends one of the a really important name in Japan just emailed me two days ago. And now it makes sense that you're uh, talking from Japan and asked me 
how great we got. I would say, how do they sound live? I said, it was incredible. He's my friend, Hikaru from Bounty Hunter. He's a big toy maker, but a yeah. DJ there. Really good friends of Rancy. He's a big, powerful person in the scene. He just asked me questions two days ago about Field Day. Oh, so that makes funny. sense now. Yeah. Whoever you're talking to over there, checking in and stuff. I was like, yeah, it was fucking awesome. It was and, awesome. And, and also, what, like, you know, what's great about Field Day, too, is it's very, um, it's, it's what I would call like a family band in that, like, yeah. you know, Anybody that wants to come and bring their wives or whatever, that's mellow. Um, We're, we, the, the booking part, it's not really like agents and stuff like that. It's pretty down. It's pretty punk rock. It is. You do it all. It's pretty punk rock. Yeah. Um, And that's what's so sometimes is a little bit trippy too, is that uh, people, they're like, you're like, like, dude, you booked the band. I go, yeah. Yeah. I go, yeah. And so it's, it's kind of fun too. Um, but that's, it's like, it's so, in a way, it's so DIY. Like, it really yeah, is. It's so DIY. And, and, and it's working though. And it's wild. You in know, 2019 it's, too. It's wild. And then, and then we're just, you know, in, as we go through, uh, probably as weird as it sounds, like I'm already looking down toward like I love that. Florida and, yeah. and doing Florida in March. And, you know, we're already pretty far down the line. I was telling Jim from Pennywise too about, yeah, the shows I saw too. Yeah, so it's 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 insane, and um, yeah, come come and do a sing along. Like, I know, I, I love it. Come and sing along, and I, I love it because the vibe that I went to was like an older crowd, but everybody's just singing along, and everybody's smiling. It's like nobody's it's, really dancing. We're like just like rocking out together. It's it's a it's, trip. It's really it's a, it's a trip because it's a bit of a um it's it, it's a trip because it's a bit of a time warp. Yeah, on one hand, and then on the other hand, there's it's like people are a little bit in shock. I think they're in shock. I, I got to agree. Because they're I was. like, they're like, holy, you know, not in what? shock. I, I was so fucking pumped from it. <laughs> it's a I, I was blown away by it. Cause then the, the curtains fucking open or come up at the Viper room. Like, first of all, these guys are playing Viper room. I haven't seen a punk show there in years. And then it comes up and then there you guys are. And then, just smashes right into us like oh, holy fuck like where am I? I'm in a fucking time warp yeah it is a that's time what warp. it felt like the, the, and the, and the other thing too is that we don't really like there's not really um there's not really a lot of pause in between songs no we, we cover a lot of ground, I like that a lot of material and like so it's song song banger, song which banger, is very yeah. Ramones style yeah, yeah, yeah. We just rock into it but anyway you can add a, what did they for and yeah, we're right in but. Long story short, it's like the field day thing is, it's rolling and it's moving very, very fast. And, um, we're, you know, come out. If you guys are in, having fun. If you're in Chicago, we're going to be up that way. If you're in Florida, we're going to be there. You know, if you're in Phoenix, we're going to be there. So just do the, do the internet thing and you'll find it and come out and hang and don't, that's the other thing too. Don't be shy. Yeah. Like sometimes people are a little bit, you know, there's no need to be weirded out. Like come say hello and yeah. take a picture. And it's like, yeah. It, it's the it's the eat it's the most user friendly group like yeah crew yeah but I think know. it was some surreal for some people because yeah. they never seen those songs we play before field no. or wig out and seen Peter and you know what I mean like sure. you've been you've been in other bands but he's been like so off the grid well, well not only that but there's there's this I'll, gi- I'll give you a dumb story so we were doing rehearsals here in Los Angeles and uh, myself and Peter and Mark were kind of working out songs and yeah. Peter and I were singing kind of like a duet thing and we're playing 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 and we're singing 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 and mark stops and he's like holy shit he's like i cannot believe the sound that the two of you make because the only context he's had 
is listening to Trouble Is from mm. a recording. Yeah. And when Peter and I are three feet away from him and go, no, we can sing it acoustically. You want to hear it? Fuck. And he's like, holy shit. So it's really like there's a certain... I wouldn't say that I'm the best vocalist in the world, nor would Peter ever say he's the best vocalist. But when we sing in unison, there's a certain sound. Yep. And that's very, uh, it's a bit of a time warp. Yeah. It kind of trips people out. And we can kind of do it, like do it. You know, it sounds perfect. Like I I can't stress enough that it sounds, everybody has to see it. And I think that, I think you guys could fit on a lot of different types of bills too. And this, this time, you know, well, that's I mean? a, that's a, you know, we're, that's another one too, where it's yeah. like, we're, you know, we're open to ideas. You know, we don't, we don't have just a one size fits all thing. No, you know, for sure. There's some, you know, we're, we're just going to keep playing and see where the, where the journey takes us. Yeah. That's I just, all we can really do. Yeah. Just, you go, Oh, well, okay. Let's, but you'd be surprised at the impact of Dagnastia. I went and saw the cure a couple months ago, my wife and Deftones and, I never met Mike Dirt in my life, and he came up to us wearing the Dagnasty shirt he gave me, and he just came up and goes, "That record is so perfect." He's like, "There's songs that people make, and they just hit it out the ballpark." He said some shit. He's like, "Every song on that record." He's like, "I love that band." I was like, "Oh, nice to meet you," you know. And um, and then the other night when I saw Angels and Airwaves, I went backstage just talking to Tom DeLong, and he's blasting, and I just I shot a video of it and just showed it to you before the podcast, yeah. blasting Wig Out and Descendants backstage in this huge room full of all these people and it's just coming out of his room he's, i said dude you know they're playing shows again he goes what and i told him about the field day lineup and all this shit like it's just the impact of those records to you you just made those songs with your friends you played you did the tours there was no career and there's no future in it but the impact 2019 people are still loving it and listening to it, and it's a big inspiration it's awesome man it, thank you and it's it, really and it's, wonderful it is, it's one of those things where it boggles my mind too you know yeah i, I think now people have had a moment to kind of live with it yeah you know and then they're off doing new bands and stuff like that and but it stays a soundtrack in people's lives and like i say when i got to your show it just brings back all these memories it was almost like a surreal moment i'm like i can't believe i'm standing here and hearing this shit in 2019 it's, and it sounds better than the records it's, it's a trip you got, it's, it's really a, it's a trip and and you know we're like i said we're humbled by it yeah and and we we don't phone it in. The band is very, very good. Like we play. Yeah. It's if you want to hear the songs, you know, we can play them faster than the recordings. Like, yeah. you know, it's like we can, we really like we shed, you know, we, we shed and we rehearse quite a bit. You can tell. Behind the scenes. You can tell. Um, and energy's there. And, and then, you know. And, and you guys all look great too. Yeah. You know, thank you. You guys are aging really well, yeah, man. It's you know, like, we, we, we just have, fun. you know, it's, it's fun. It's yeah. like, it's some of the, it's, it's super fun and it's great. It's like a, maybe like a triangle. It's like, there's you, there's the audience. And then there's this common denominator of this song that maybe meant a lot to them. And you know, yeah. they, they heard a billion times. And even when you look at, let's say like wig out and uh, the time period, there's not really a lot of photos. So no. you, you really have the opportunity to create what your own image of what you think these people are. Look Peter's like, so like, fucking tall. Yeah. I didn't realize it. You know, and you go, oh wow, and then to be able to replicate that and and to um, emotionally strike a chord with people is it's it's great. It's humbling. It's fun. We love it. People, say, what's the best thing in the world? People come and they they get to sing their favorite Dagnasty songs. I know it's fucking it's crazy, the, man. It's, it's the fucking in the world. Thirty years later, or some yeah. shit. It's insane. fucking crazy. So we covered a lot of things. Usually some of my key questions, I already know the question to this is that are you an optimist or a pessimist? 
you are a very positive person. Oh, so dude. I know I know the answer to that yeah, question. Come on now. Your energy, just everything about it, it's infectious, and I love that about you. Um, daily rituals, I pretty much figured that out. You're a coffee guy, you're a dad when you're home, you, you know, you do your music, you do the managing, you do book the shows, and you're also hands-on, you balance your family really well. Uh, regrets, any regrets in your life? Um, That's a hard one. Some people say I no. Some people I don't know. I, you know I, don't, I guess there might be some there might be some regrets. Well, you know what? I think that when you make mistakes, when you learn from them, then it's maybe not the best decision at the time, but you've taken something from it. Yeah. And, and so I couldn't regret because you get a little kernel of information of like, hey, dumbass, don't do that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so yeah. I would say there's plenty of things I'm proud of and things that maybe you're not proud of, but you kind of had to do that. So then you can take inventory and say, and that's not how to do it. Yeah. You know, so yeah. I, I don't know, you know, I don't, I'm not really a, a, a regret would be if you're doing something over and over and keep fucking up and not learning from your mistakes, mm -hmm. that's a regret. Yeah. But when you're, when you're doing things and trying to, um, evolve as a person and be the best you and get better and learn. Yeah. I mean, come on, you know, when you're not 25, wink, wink, mm -hmm. don't be a dumbass. Yeah. Be a, try to be a positive influence on people. Try to affect people in a positive way. Yeah. Try to do the things that are working and the things that aren't working, you ditch and avoid. Yeah. Um, even when you talk about like temperament, mm -hmm. stuff like that, you know what I mean? I could be, I could be, um, a very strong cup of coffee and it takes <laughs> a lot. It takes a lot of, um, reflection to know, how to handle situations. Yes, yeah, sure. Sometimes you handle a situation the wrong way and then a few years later you go, oh, I've been here before. Yes. And this is how I'm going to handle it again. And yeah. so may maybe, those, maybe those regrets are opportunities to grow. Yeah, I like that. Maybe. Yeah. And you have any daily rituals? Um, do you work out? Do you yoga? Anything like that? I don't... I, I don't really do that. I kind of do a little. A You're in good shape, though. I'm okay. You know, I'm okay. Um, I really, I'm a longtime vegetarian. I fell into being a nice. vegetarian I never knew because that. Um, I started getting migraine headaches when I was in my early 20s. And wow. And I read a few books and I identified that for my body, it doesn't like processed things and meat and the hormones that they you were ahead of the curve with that shit. And I was way ahead of the curve. And tuned your body. Is, which is maybe why I. Wow look younger than I actually yeah. am. You know what I mean? You go, wow, how old are you? You, you know, look so really young. I look really young. And you got a good hairline too. Yeah, thank you. And also, <laughs> you know, also the thing is like, I, I've always kind of been on the younger side of the curve anyway. Like you, have I, a lot, you, have, you have a young energy. I love that. And so that's a little bit, one of those things where I, you know, daily have it. Do we I, ever really grow up though? Did I? No, do no. we ever? No. no. I'm a big kid too, man. No, oh, fuck. growing up's a, but I think you get more responsibilities, but you yeah. learn how to adapt totally with your spazziness. Totally. And just, you know, trying <laughs> to do what you, I don't know what you do. Would I, you know, I know that I just simply have become at peace with the fact that I'm very different. Yeah. You go, it is what it is. You try to do, you, you know, try to do the good things and just keep blasting forward. I think we're all different, and that's why we ended up being part of the music we're a part of and the scene we're a part of. You know what I mean? It's yes, and there's some <laughs> kind of. I mean, there's some kind of magnet maybe that draws you to yeah. that. Like, here's where the. I'm not going to say weirdos, but here's where the people that are maybe a little bit more open-minded or yep. a little, you know, 
I, I grew up in a very liberal household yeah, 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 yeah. playing in Southern California, punk rock with a very liberal yeah. audience. So I'm exposed. I'm like really have very, very broad peripheral of how to accept people yeah. where it's amazing to me when you see people that are really narrow minded. It's crazy, man. It's like, wow, wow. I, did I grow up in a bubble or yeah. it's almost hard for me to identify. I, I, it's hard for me to put myself in those shoes yep. cause I have such different contexts yeah. to, you know, to yeah. growing up in Southern California and growing up in punk rock in Southern California. Yeah. There's all different ways of doing it. And but I you get that fucking Queens or that Queens. Roots yes, too. it's true. We're Forest, part of Queens. You're Forest Hills. Oh shit. Forest Hills hospital. That's I was fucking born awesome. in Forest Hills hospital. True, Damn. true story. There's true. a lot of people in Forest. That's amazing. I mean, that's it's what's true. I didn't know about that about you at all, man. <laughs> I love that. That's like your New York fucking. I don't. Man, you're a New I, York hardcore baby. See, I don't know. That's Queens the, is cool. That's really cool. Yeah, it's a. Uh, yeah, I'm trying to work on a show there right now. Oh, you are in Queens? Yeah, I'm trying to. I'm working on. One. Did you get in touch with Jake? Yeah. Did he hit you back? No. Oh, we're gonna make it a shot. But today. that's a whole other story. But I'm. No, we're gonna talk about that. That's my boy. I'll get but, on it. Uh, but I am trying. So. Uh, so for the people that, you know, I guess, I guess there's some people here that are music people yeah. and you're like, great, hi, music people. And then there might be other people that are just, they want to yeah. connect more on the positive message. Yeah. And for those people, I say, hello, nice to meet you. I'm Doug. Thank you for taking time in your life to allow us to have this conversation. I hope you're well in your space and in, in your life and wherever you are. That's great. That's cool. Um, do good things. Try to be a good person. Yeah. Hopefully. Thank you for taking time to have uh, let this conversation be part of your um, mind space. Yeah, I like that's that. really cool. Yeah, that's really cool. Because I know you have a lot of other things. You could be doing Netflix and chill. Or, <laughs> you know, you could be doing other things. So thanks for letting us talk. You know. Yeah. And then for the music nerds, you go, dude. I'm a new music nerd. Text me. I'll try to give you the answer. Yeah. But I get calls or I get texts and emails all the time. People, when are you playing? Fill in yeah, the blank. Yeah, yeah. When are you playing? Fill in the blank. Believe me, we're trying to get to all the spaces. Now the listeners know this guy does everything. I do He's everything. He's doing it all, and man. And so I'll, here, here's one. For all the people in Boston, I'm trying to get up to Boston, but something is really weird in Boston with the way they're doing the venues and stuff. So it's a little bit of a challenge. We are going to get there. We're going to get to yeah. every city. Um, I am not a shy person when it comes to like getting on the phone or emails or texts. Yeah. yeah. And so if you have a venue that you think I should go to reach out, talk, it's cool. Let me know. Even and DM you on Instagram. They can start a conversation. Easy breezy. Yeah. Very, I'm incredibly user-friendly and we haven't, we're not like, you know, not doing one city versus another. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like, we're going to get to all of them. In fact, um, you know, there's a reason why I'm not going to Vegas and that reason has to do with something at the end of May. Wink, wink. So just believe me. I know where you are. We want to get to those cities, but we're pacing it all out. Amazing. <laughs> um, I know exactly what it is, and I might be there with you too. We're pacing it all out. Might be out. there together. I'm just, I, you never know. Well, I want, I want to thank you for all the music you've been a part of that inspired my childhood. I have several tattoos of the band you've been in. Um, the Sour Grapes thing blew me away today. It's one of my favorite songs. Thank so I, the fact that you were part of that is I thank you for that. Thank you. And all the music, all the shit you contributed to the world, everything you've done for music and continue to do. 
And I'm really excited about Field Day being back. And I appreciate you calling you a friend. It was great reconnecting with you a couple of months ago. Now we're playing together. Just everything you've done with your life, um, I appreciate it. And the world appreciates it. Even though it was just something you do with your friends and it wasn't a career thing. It wasn't anything, everything we talked about. It meant a lot to a lot of people. inspired a lot of people in this world. And you, you should be very proud of that shit. Thank you. The, when you drop the pebble in the pond, it's amazing to see how far out the ripples go. Yes. And here you are, you know, several decades later and people still love it. And yeah right back at you thank you to the people who took a chance and was like oh wow that looks like a weird record let's listen to dag nasty or yeah. oh, wow, you know let's listen so thank you to the people for being open-minded and supporting live music support live music yes <laughs> live music it's you know people want to entertain you and and those who still go out and buy tickets to shows and stuff like that thank you that's yeah. huge it's crazy we're in a wheel the restaurant world is going to change you know ladies and gentlemen the restaurant world's going to change because <laughs> less people want to go out and they want food brought into them uber eats where you Oops. know i think you and i doing a uh, a living room show might be a little bit of a challenge yeah you know? <laughs> so you got to come to the club if you want no it's see. true but there you go i think people always want to see live bands and they always want to go out and experience that i think that's one thing that's hopefully still sacred that people go out and see bands and want to support get the energy you know i think yep. that's really important you can't you can't get that off of youtube and you can't get that off television it's something that's i don't know something special absolutely sweating with the band and shit so there you go all right so guys november 23rd um field day ignite h2o in orange county at the living room very small venue no barricades small ass stage it's gonna be fucking fucking awesome Whoa. yeah be there and then <laughs> check out check out the um field day sounds for all their dates yes that's the easiest way. Uh, anywhere, like you, I'd say Facebook is probably the most common denominator. So in Facebook, Field Day Sounds, that's how you can reach the band, see the dates. Da, 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 da. This was three hours. It's so fucking was awesome. Was it really? We do, we do part one and part two. It's awesome. The gift of gas. I could talk to this dude all day long. It was the really awesome, man. So many see, great we're gonna, stories. We're going to stop recording and then continue talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, this coffee fart me up. There Thank you, you so much, Doug. I appreciate it. All right. I'll talk to you. Okay, bye.